This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. And now, The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. I don't think it's overstatement when I say Saturday is going to be the biggest college football game played in the state of North Carolina that's not the ACC championship, at least since the turn of the century. Last 20 years or so, that's how big this game is. I've had NC State fans say they can't think of a bigger game the last 20 years. For Wake Forest, it's the biggest since 2006. So that's where I want to start with the director of athletics at Wake Forest, John Curry, joining us now. John, appreciate you spending the time. Where are we at with ticket sales on NC State Wake Forest Saturday night? Are we expecting another sellout? Josh, there's no question in my mind it's going to be a sellout. In fact, they set me up because they get tired of me asking them all the time in our ticket office. They're doing a great job, and I keep bugging them. Where are we? Where are we? So they set me up with this report, and I have to click refresh, and it refreshes, and I'm, I've gotten addicted now. I'm like, every couple hours, I check it, and, and there's been another 100 tickets sold or another 50 tickets sold or whatever. So um, it's well under 1,000. We're on our way to a sellout. The main thing to encourage people, Josh, is don't wait to walk up at the last minute to get in, all right? We need, a lot, we need everybody that's listening out in the audience get there early on Saturday and have a great time. It helps that the game is at 7.30. Do you view it the same way as an AD when you get a 7.30 kick? Also, real quick, for those who might not know, the ACC Network's going to be uh, setting up shop there too, right? Yeah, In the Huddle will be here. It's a great show, um, and they'll be doing you know their live updates that they do throughout the day uh, from a studio set inside Truist Field. It'll be really cool. That's a good good bunch of guys, and they'll also do some immediately post-game uh, live their live post game show in the evening will be uh, will be will be there inside uh, Truist as well. Eric Matt claim we hope to catch up with him later in the week. Kelsey Riggs, somebody that we've got to know quite a bit before jumping to the ACC network. Hope to catch up with her as well. I saw you quoted in a story that was really good last week. David Hale had the story comparing Dave Clawson to Billy Bean and Moneyball. And one of the things I found interesting in the story, there was a portion where. He was talking about interest other schools have expressed in Clawson. And there was an experience he had at Tennessee. I think he even said this publicly one time that that was one of the low points of his career, that he only spent a year there as the offensive coordinator. Have you guys ever talked about that year at Tennessee? And how do you think that's impacted his view on the idea of what an air quote big time job in college football is? Well, Wake Forest is a big-time college football job. If you look at Wake Forest's uh, investment in football, uh, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment of the article that uh, David Hale wrote last week. Um, and, and Moneyball, to me, implies uh, efficiency, being smart about your investments, um, but it should not be misconstrued as being cheap uh, because Wake Forest is not cheap, um, <laughs> literally for tuition payers, obviously. Uh, but we've been, you know, we've, we've invested in very high quality and really across – um, the university, uh, whether it's Farrell Hall, which is our state-of-the-art business school, um, or the Wake Downtown um, uh, investments and the medical school and more to come from Atrium, 
Um, you know, this is not a cheap operation. I, I believe it's an efficient operation that looks for strategic advantages, uh, and Coach Clawson has been exactly the person to do that. How long was the McCreary project in the works? It was pretty cool to see on the sideline last weekend, or excuse me, two weekends ago, where Bob was there standing next to you on the field. Got a chance to meet Bob in Chapel Hill last weekend. Great guy. Uh, and when he was introduced, he's just motioning and gesturing over at the students, and he looked like a 19, 18-year-old kid out there on the field, and he just invested $20 million into this project that I think is $30 million funded that needs to get to 38. What can you tell me about how long that was in the works and whether or not that's something you talked about with Clawson in terms of what could help his program? Well, it's absolutely been something that's been a priority uh, for Coach Clawson uh, since day one. And, you know, really going back over the last 10 years, the investment of lots of folks and the leadership provided by lots of folks, and including Ron Wellman and obviously President Hatch. And that's continued now with uh, President Winty uh, and our university leadership uh, from the Board of Trustees on down. Um, you know, I was just talking with Bob McCreary. He called me about an hour ago to check on a couple things, and he's excited about the game. Uh, you know, he's working today. He's at work, uh, working hard, but he took a minute to call and see what's going on. And um, it was really about a year ago, Josh, that we had a conversation uh, with Bob. Um, and it was right here in my office that Barry Faircloth and I were here together. And, and, and Bob, uh, Bob told us that he wanted to make sure this project went forward. The project um, – it's really the last piece, so to speak, um, for our on-campus uh, athletic facilities as they relate to football. So when the Sutton Sports Performance Center was completed in 2019, uh, which followed the McCrary Indoor Field a few years before, the next piece is the, the actual locker room for our players and equipment room and all this stuff that's been in the uh, Pruitt uh, Center uh, since the 1980s um, to be updated. And, and so that was delayed a bit. Uh, obviously by the pandemic, but it was this time last year when Bob made this commitment, this $20 million challenge commitment, um, of which a pretty significant portion was he, he went ahead and paid at the end of last year, which enabled us to restart that process of, of designing uh, the building and then uh, eventually launching this campaign, which we announced uh, formally last week. I want to go back to the pandemic. John Curry's with us here, Wake Director of Athletics, because tonight I'm going to be out at the Joel Coliseum 7 o'clock tip to watch – Steve Forbes' team. It's his second year. But I was talking with Mitch Shaw um, at the football game against Duke, and we were talking about Forbes, and we were talking about how most years in college basketball, high major basketball, there are 8 to 10, maybe even like 11 or 12 job openings, it seems like, every year. But in 2020, in April of 2020, nobody made the plunge. Nobody did. Except you. You guys did that. You made a change. You brought in Steve Forbes. And Mitch Shaw told me, he goes, you have John Curry to think about. Think for that. When you watch Steve Forbes out there, you give credit to John Curry because he did something that nobody else was willing to do across college basketball in April of 2020. What, was, what gave you confidence that that's something that you felt was the right move during a really uncertain time and netted you a basketball coach that would have been more sought after than he was just because of the time it happened. Well, Josh, I, I, I think that, I mean, it's a really complex question um, in, in some different ways um, because it wasn't just a John Curry decision. Uh, when a decision about athletics is made at Wake Forest, it's a collective decision. 
including the university president, university leadership. Um, you know, the, the decision to make a change is um, in a program always has to be weighed very carefully. Um, as, the, as the surgeon says, uh, you know, there's no problem you can't make worse by operating. So I think anytime you make a decision to make a coaching change, and I've made, um, oh, I don't know, I've made six or eight or nine or ten of those decisions. I think I've hired 11 coaches, head coaches in my career in different sports um, as an athletics director. Um, you need to be really sure that's the right thing to do. And ultimately, every decision we make centers back to our commitment to provide a world-class student-athlete experience. And as we said at the time, uh, that was a basketball decision, um, and it was the right time to make that decision for a variety of reasons. Um, it was a challenging time to make a change, and Coach Forbes certainly experienced that coming in and not being able to really get to know his players right away. Um, um, but in retrospect, making that change and going through that you know, process last year um, or, or the year before really put our coaching staff in a position that as the pandemic started to clear, um, and, and obviously last spring of 2021, it wasn't clear, but it was clearer, right? And so then you had a bunch of schools making changes, and our staff was already in place. And our staff was already here at Wake Forest, and they had already been able to get to know our campus better, and they had been able to work with our team and see the identified needs that we had. Uh, and so that, I believe, helped them take advantage of, um, you know, some great opportunities because of the extra year. You know, we have three, three uh, outstanding student-athletes on our basketball team now who have an extra year. This year's their bonus year because of the COVID-free year, and, and so our staff was able to take advantage of that. Yeah, plus Carter Witt. <laughs> it didn't count against his eligibility to play when he should be in high school. So this is tonight marks the start of his freshman year with the air quotes surrounding that. And then you also look at the transfer portal. It seems like to me in college basketball today, you no longer have to sit on your hands anymore if you're a team that has struggled in one of these major conferences. You can fill holes without having to have a transfer sit out a year and you can make your basketball team a whole lot better, a whole lot quicker if you have the right guy who can recruit that talent. So when I look at this Wake Forest basketball team, and I wonder if you feel this way, I see a team right now that can perhaps be one of the 10 best teams in this league. Well, the first thing we got to do is we got to beat uh, William and Mary tonight, Josh. Sure. So, sure. Uh, you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm, and I, and I believe that, that there is a lot to be enthusiastic about both our basketball teams. You know, last night, our women went on the road, uh, played a really good Macon team, which has uh, in, in their gym, uh, that, that's a team that's won the Southern Conference numerous times, been in the NCAA tournament over the last couple of years. Uh, and Coach Hoover and her squad got a big win. Uh, they'll play on Friday. Uh, we'll play women's basketball and then men's basketball Friday evening in the Joel, so it's a great chance to see both those teams. But to the point of your question, um, I, I believe Coach Forbes has has um, greatly and quickly improved the depth and experience in our program. Um, just as an aside, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, Josh, but they just showed a little Twitter video of uh, Cameron Hildreth, uh, who is uh, from the U.K., uh, and his dad just surprised him at the shoot-around. He didn't know his dad was coming to see wow. his first college game in the United States. So um, you have the opportunity, those of you in listening range, 
to get to the Joel Coliseum tonight at 7 o'clock to join Cameron Hilder's father in watching him play his first college game in the United States. He's a really good player, too. Impressed by him watching him on Friday. Last thing for you, John Curry, Wake AD, joining us here. Jim Phillips, he told us that he's spoken with ADs and university presidents about league headquarters when we asked him about it at ACC tip-off, and he said he was seeking their opinion on the subject. So, what is the official position of Wake Forest University on the issue of league headquarters? Uh, our official position is that we support uh, uh, Commissioner Phillips and the Board of Trustees' decision to look holistically um, at the right at the right um, uh, step for the league, and that step could well be to stay in Greensboro, which has been an incredible home and will always be the ancestral headquarters and home of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and certainly. Uh, for a kid that grew up on Tobacco Road, and when the you know the school uh, uh, you know they'd roll the AV cart into your elementary school classroom um, when you know we were little kids in third and fourth grade, you know on Friday, and you'd see live from the Greensboro Coliseum the ACC men's basketball game that noon tip off. So that's all near and dear to our hearts, and obviously it's awful convenient uh, for us to get back and forth uh, to the to the conference office. And you know, Jim was at our our game, or Commissioner Phillips was at our game a, a week and a half ago. He was at the game at Chapel Hill, so it's it's easy for him as well. So we'll see uh, how that process develops. What I really appreciate is uh, Commissioner Phillips' uh, transparency and going through that process uh, as we seek to make sure that we're you know serving the next era of the ACC in the best possible way. Have you guys received any indication on when this might be, uh, this process might be finished with Newmark? Um, I, I think it's ongoing. I don't think it's a uh, process that will take years. Um, you know, but candidly, I've been more focused on getting ready for NC State and getting ready for these basketball games tonight. We've got a volleyball game on Friday night. We've got a uh, women's, women's soccer uh, is back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019 and will host, um, excuse me, 2017, and will host a game against Harvard at 1 o'clock on Sunday uh, here at Surprise Stadium. Well, I look forward to seeing you later on tonight at the Joel and certainly at the football game on Saturday. Hope it sells out on Saturday night, and I hope to see you sometime soon. Thanks for spending the time with us today, John. It's appreciated. Hey, Josh, I appreciate it. Now, I just clicked refresh on this cool spreadsheet that they built for me, right? And, like, literally 100-and-something tickets have been sold since you and I started talking. We did so it. It's, uh, they're, running, they're going fast, so people better, better get on them because uh, we're going to be uh, hard sold out. And then, again, remind everybody, uh, get there early on uh, Saturday night. We'll have a lot of folks there. Um, let's have a great, hospitable time. There you go. Appreciate the call, John Curry. There he goes, the Wake Forest Director of Athletics, joining us. We're going to take credit for that 117 tickets sold there. That's what we're going to do here.